Welcome y'all to the Black Hoof Saloon, a Wild West Exodus podcast. Mosey on up to the bar and get yourself a bottle of fire water or a glass of sarsaparilla and listen to some good old yarns about adventures of law dogs, outlaws, and weird creatures. So set a spell, water your ride or your rider, and get ready to tune up your posses. This is the Black Hoof Saloon. Howdy, howdy, card sharks, and welcome back to Black Hoof Saloon. This is Eric here, and I am here with Brian. And hey, Brian, guess what? Tom's here. We got Tom again. Tom's back. <laughs> yes, we're back for some more nonsense in the saloon, even though you you, you speak nothing but sense, right, Tom? Yes, I'm, I'm the sensible one. for everybody. <laughs> Well, today we got a a good show for you guys. We're going to talk a little bit about some of the the cards, a subject we have not touched on yet. So whether we're going to cover the action cards and the adventure cards. So, Brian, what are you working on tonight? I see you working on stuff. Uh, uh, yeah, I was just tinkering with some uh the Union uh, Armored Troopers. Uh, now I'm messing with a... A uh, heavily modified dock holiday. Is that the yeah. one that you you built that has the table biome that got kicked over and stuff? Yep. Okay. That's the one. And he's uh, I he's he's holding up a hand of cards. So like gambit style. Like gambit style, not to be confused with Gundam style. <laughs> <laughs> so this this past weekend, I um I kind of took a dive into a another new faction uh i kind of went in on watchers my local store got a a big shipment of some of the older models and uh, it's just one of those sets i just i have stuff from when outlaw had the the faction posse boxes but i just i bought them to have them never really did anything with them and um you know, my store got a bunch of stuff in. I was like looking at the the Watchers, their first box set, and I was like, you know what? I don't have these guys yet. And with the new one coming out, the um, uh, the Amberclade, I'm I want to get that one at Gen Con. And so I'm thinking, well, maybe I should get these other ones so I have a little bit more to build on to. So yeah, I'm I'm officially starting a yet another faction <laughs> did they have any king scarabs no and i was hoping for that one <laughs> i think th- those things are like trying to find a jackalope in the wild i mean <laughs> it really is i was like get that and resell it oh my god that i think that's one that a lot of people are really really waiting for because what does that thing go for it's like 120 bucks or something now uh if oh. you can even find one listed the they are rare there aren't, that- there aren't models that you can, in this line that you can say are just rare that's yeah. one of and i think that's because of the whole that was one of those models from the kickstarter the second one and that if you didn't get it in your kickstarter you didn't see it in the wild um because i know that happened it just was it just was expensive so uh, nobody bought it in at outlaw all the big heavy vehicles were 80 bucks yeah so even that model, I think, was even more expensive. So instead of just the regular eighty, it was more. 
So that's why there wasn't a whole lot of them. And, you know, War Cradle's been trimming the fat, so to speak, and trying to make those models a little more uh, economic. Yeah, all the heavies. And so we we may see that with the King Scarab. There may, it may be modified to where it's not as heavy or not as much resin, so it can be cheaper. Obviously, you know, the Wendigo, the price on them came down a lot. Yeah. Uh, in the new version, the great the great elk shrank a little, but it's much more economic. So that's the trend. Warcrate is going to try to bring the price down. It may change the King Scarabs uh, somewhat, but, you know, hey, all the other ones they, they, they've re-released look great and are cheaper. So Oh, yeah. I mean, the new, the newest one that we're going to be seeing soon is uh the fire eagle that thing looks great they re re sculpted some of the wings a little bit so the detail is just oh. great on looks that like thing. they re- looked like they re-sculpted the heads too yeah yeah well they, yeah they didn't have a they just had the one option before so now we got the option for the thunderbird which is kind of cool yeah it kind of has sort of a vulture kind of head on it yeah yeah so then we can slap that sucker down on the table and screech as we're doing it <laughs> screech yeah screech wow. yeah. not not from yeah there you go <laughs> but so before we get on to our our topics today in the show i uh we wanted to go over a little contest with everybody so wait eric you, you don't even ask what i've what i've done well tom i God, think i know God, what the God. answer is already i, I still want to be included okay i'll include you tom what have you been working on, Tom? Uh, nothing. <laughs> You've been reading but, uh, and studying, right? right? But, um, lacrosse season ended last weekend, though, so um, I, I might have a month before things start up again. <laughs> uh, you know, I've been, I've been thinking about my, uh, my union troops and putting them together, and I'm going to try to paint them comic book style oh yeah that's, that's right we, yeah. We, we, we were talking about that on the side you're you're basically you're brainstorming so you're planning so what what exactly was your your plan here you wanted to do with your union tom oh i want to do them like comic books like make them really bold colors with a lot of black lining on them kind of make them thick looking it might not work they might look like crap but well, that's... How is that any different than anything else I do? <laughs> well, that's when you just you dip them in green stuff and you or not green stuff, simple green. You dip them in simple green and you start over. See, so that that's what I've been doing. I've been thinking, <laughs> thinking ideas. I just send them to me. I'll paint them for you. There you go. All right. Okay, we all heard that. <laughs> Brian's my new official painter. <laughs> Here, let me mark the time. And time is uh, well, my time's all off because we gab too much. But <laughs> <laughs> we gab a lot out outside of recording, and I just cut it out. So it's hard for me to say what time a show is uh, off off recording too. <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, so before we get to our subjects, we actually want to go over a contest with all our listeners we're doing another contest and this contest what it is is we are giving away a two-player red oak starter set and uh, this starter set was donated by one of my local stores 
the Gifted Games in Grays Lake, Illinois. And Tim, the store owner, came up to me one day and he's like, here, I want to donate something to you. And I was like, oh, okay. And he handed me this Red Oak box set and he said, give it away on the show. So he knows, you know, all three of us are really trying hard to, you know, help build a community and stuff. And he thought this would help, you know, uh, help us do what we're trying to do and give it out to the community and all the listeners. So, Brian, do you want to go over how we're going to give this away? We're going to do it real simple, not like you guys have to submit anything. So for this contest, Brian, what do our entries have to do to win that Red Oak box set? Okay, so we're we're gonna we're gonna make lists from our three big platforms that we distribute and kind of announce uh, all our videos on. So uh, if you follow our our podcast on Podbean, you'll get one entry. Yep. So if you aren't already following our Podbean, do so, and you get an entry into the contest. All those who are already following our Podbean already will have uh, an entry. Yep, you're entered uh, already. You can all, yep, you're already in it. If you go to our Facebook page, you like our Facebook page, we're going to take the list of all our, our Facebook likes, and that'll be another entry. And if you go over to our YouTube channel and subscribe, we're going to pull the list of all our subscribers, and they're also going to be entries. So there's a lot of people who may have clicked those buttons a while ago, aren't even listening to this podcast, uh, may 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 be a winner. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> well, we'll find uh, out when I try contacting them. And I'll get yeah. an answer, and we'll have some runner-ups just in case. <laughs> yeah, we'll, we'll, we'll do that. But so there's the three ways you can get on the uh, entry. Uh, obviously, if you do all three, you'll have three entries in the contest. So yeah, there you have it. Oh yeah, guys, and uh, listen. So. With us pulling everybody's names from all the follows and and likes and the way it works, we we can see most of you guys, but because of like Facebook has privacy settings, we can't see all the likes. So if you guys are one of those likes or follows that we just can't see because that's the nature of Facebook and YouTube and stuff, um, and you want to still participate in the giveaway. And you want to make sure that you get in the contest, go ahead and send us an email at our email account, blackhoofsaloon at gmail.com. And then we can make sure that you guys get on that list of names that we're going to pull from. So there you have it. We wanted to keep it real simple this time for this giveaway. Uh, no entering stories or, you know, uh, drawing blood and all that stuff. So just real simple. Just, just. You know, we wanted to give uh, away this super generous gift that local store owner wanted to help us out and uh, grow the community and grow our listenership. So, listen, guys, our deadline for this contest is going to be August 20th. So that'll be just before we release episode 15. And we'll announce the winner on the show when we post it up. And we'll contact you and you guys will get a wonderful prize. How's that? That was beautiful. <laughs> I agree to all of that. I think it's faster to enter than it was to listen to how to enter. <laughs> all right. 
So, guys, with the announcement of our little contest there, and we're going to go ahead and wrap up the little banter of our intro and move on to some subjects for you guys. So stick around. We got some fun stuff for you. Okay, guys, I have some things to ask you since we're bantering on, and these are some some questions. Where did they come from? Uh, just made them up. <laughs> <laughs> okay. They're things to make you go, hmm, questions. <laughs> no, no, these, these were actually submitted by a friend of the show, Benji Grosak, so we can use them in the... Pony, Pony Express, Express Mailbag Bonanza, <laughs> if, if we want, yeah. And then one from my local store of a uh, rules question that came up. So let's go ahead and get into the first one that he sent us. And uh, we appreciate him sending in these questions because he, he sent in quite a bit that will keep us busy for a while. So, what faction do you guys like to face the least? And his second part of his question here is, what are the tips or tricks and other strategies you need to have success against them? So, Tom, what is, what, what is the faction you don't like to see on the board, or you don't want to see on Hex. the board? Hex? Hex. Okay. They're ugly and slimy, even more so than the Enlightened. <laughs> They've got the freaking Hexoliths, they can deploy portals right at the beginning of the game i don't like them well it makes me feel good about all my constructs and my frankenstein guys even though you know it kind of makes me feel sad too because i like those those the creepy crawlies you know you like ugly people that's fine well they need love too (laughs) what about you what about you brian what what faction do you not want to see across from you on the table um i i think the it was the, the Watchers. The Watchers, yeah. I mean, quite a uh, quite a few powerful, you know, options in their in their uh, posse list, and they do have one of the, the hardest to uh, survive hands unit <laughs> with massive fire to bring down on your on your head. So, yeah, yeah, I have yeah. to definitely agree with the Watchers. They they do scare me quite a bit. I see them a lot on the table and. Uh, yeah, they hit hard. They just hit hard. I mean, what do you do to when you are faced with them? I mean, how do you deal with them? Well, okay, so like the my first encounter with the new Viridian Posse team up with Magenta, I I just lost quickly. <laughs> uh, so then the next time I faced them, I, I did not bring Custer. Uh, I brought. Helena Miller and the Infernal Investigations Posse, and uh, they must have been called in to figure out what destroyed Custer and his team. So Helena Miller and Jedrick and Furio, 2020 and Ida, and a couple of Rangers definitely paid some payback. <laughs> <laughs> See what I I easier. It was easier for them to survive the massive fire. Yeah, and in that also there was ability to uh, take out his cannons. 
because okay. Helena Miller or disrupt. She quickly took the cannons off the board, you know, and then Furio and Jedrick were able to take out Magenta. So it, you know, it, the second time I played the new watchers combo with, uh, you know, the, the new Viridian to- uh, toys, the cannons and the grays and Magenta, the infernal investigation posse had a much higher survival rate, you well, know, so I had a much better game. Yeah, the Watchers are just, you know, they can really tie you down on the board with their range and the amount of the fire they're throwing at you and any any kind of return fire you you, you throw at them. They have the Xeno shields that soak up some of it. Um, right. A lot of times I find myself just, uh, you know, avoiding them, going to the other side of the board for an objective or something, mainly because, you know, this game is not really about confrontation and engaging so much as it's you know you want to get those objectives and those objective points so technically you don't have to engage with them so it's kind of like just that game hide on was before (laughs) the change it was the it was a game before the change of stun so stun uh, affected the unit not the model and it was the scenario was you know one where you hold building points for uh Objective yeah, point. Higher ground, yeah. So I had to engage the building and he had plopped his grays in it. Oh. So I literally just took I sprinted across the board with Furio and Jedrick straight into that building and engaged it. So limited their ability to, to shoot out from it. Yeah. And proceeded to keep them stunned and Furio just finished them off, you know. <laughs> so I mean <laughs> That's how I handled it then, but since then, when I fought them, uh, the, the stun doesn't work quite as good because it doesn't affect the entire unit. But the locking them down to hand to hand is literally the way to circumvent. Yeah, because they can't shoot at you then. So, so uh, however you can get it done, get 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 a strong survivable hands unit right up in there. Yeah, uh, and I think the last time I fought uh, the Watchers, he, he literally was pulling stuff like he he would dive out of the building just so he then could turn around and shoot at me. <laughs> <laughs> so I would get I would get those engagement freebie backstabs, <laughs> you know, and uh, and then I would just I would then you know catch up. But it was it was funny because he knew he was locked in. He couldn't get he could. He, I think he. I want to say he, I dwindled him down. So it was like when he was doing his run away from me and shoot, it was like, oh, he's only going to use get twelve shots, and then oh, he's only going to get eight shots because it just kept killing the next guy. <laughs> I was chasing his grazer on the board. <laughs> so here's a question for you guys: Wanted dead or alive? Uh, you're public enemy number one. So. What model has had the most success against you? What model is your public enemy number one? Do you have one, Brian? Hmm. Well, okay, so I don't tend to play the same guy in faction over and over again. One of my most devastating losses was uh, when I took Custer and Magenta. I destroyed him in the first round. So that was that probably going to be it. Okay. And every time I faced her since with different posses, I was 
nervous. <laughs> <laughs> you know, <laughs> just nervous. <laughs> I think um, so. For it's it's hard for me to pick one because I've you know watchers are pretty tough uh, in my meta. Uh, for a while, we had a player that um, was in our group that was very heavy into Union. And every time I went up against him on the table, he would just, yeah, make me kind of nervous. And um, uh, I, I did my fair share of facing mercenaries. Um, but if I had to name one, I think it would be Tesla. I mean, that model just had so much going on with his abilities and granted this is like when I was playing pr- pretty much just my enlightened that he would just shut me down with that those models and that range that you know he had and disrupt. yeah the disrupt would just disrupt oh my god deadly on yeah constructs. yeah you know I mean with the constructs being so slow that it was it was hard for me to get up to him and you know start doing anything to you know put some conditions on them so yeah that would probably be my public enemy number one i haven't played enough games to have a public enemy number one you guys have scars (laughs) we got battle wounds i'm still too i'm still i'm still too ignorant so you know i i have i have leftover wounds from first edition well first edition what what didn't you like to see on the on the board because maybe it still applies vlad ursel Vlad Ursel. Yeah, he was pretty scary in the first edition. First edition, all he the game would start and he would knock a guy out. Yeah. And then the next turn he'd knock a guy out. The next turn he'd knock a guy out. <laughs> and he's buried at the back of the other side of the board and you can't get to him and he just keeps killing guys. I hate that guy. <laughs> Another scary first edition was uh was it Rob Younger? Uh the, the knife younger? I can't. Was he, the, was he the guy in the top hat? No, I think that's Jim. Yeah, that's Jim. Rob Younger is the one with two knives. Basically, had uh, Max son had uh, put the fear of uh, Rob Younger into Darren. <laughs> oh, that's right. Oh my God, I forgot about that. <laughs> he was just slicing and dicing Darren's dudes. He was like, "Oh my God." okay so let's do one more and then my last one was uh more of a general rules question but uh i had this scenario pop up where two guys in our play group were playing and um okay so marcus is in a building right and the guy outside moves next to the building to get basically that into melee outside now marcus gets out of the building does the guy that's outside is he able to backstab marcus i mean because it was a fairly good sized building i wasn't sure how to answer that rule so i would say you gotta go rules is written you're leaving melee hand-to-hand combat building is insignificant in that sense then I believe that the building is insignificant. You go by the rule. You were you were in melee. You are leaving melee. So they you can inflict whatever then. whatever penalties are involved. You know whether whether it conceptually makes sense or not doesn't matter. That's what the rule is. Right. 
So rules is written, think, man. Yeah, there's no there's no rule in the building section that would prevent you know a backstab uh, back strike, a backstab to work. Yeah, so it's like as he's going out the door, the other guy threw a knife through the window. Good idea. Okay, that's, see, now that's a good visualized back. Man, I can't talk. Or, I can I'm visualize that. Yes, thank you. Like, say, you, you and him are, are stabbing your swords through the wood of this building, right? That's what that's the envision is, is the buildings are, are porous enough that you can – you're, you're jabbing your sword out the window and he's jabbing his knife out through the window and you guys are battling it hand to hand at the point that you decide, Hey, I'm not going to fight him anymore. I'm leaving. You're going to turn around. And that's the sneak attack is it's happening when that happens. So you're engaged and you you're ending your engagement. The point you end your engagement, not ultimately how you get out of the room. Yeah, you know what I mean. Yeah, so that's it happens at at the point you decide, hey, I'm bolting. You get hit. All right. Yeah. Unless you have a lucid. Well, all right. Thank you uh, to Benji there for giving us some short topic subjects. And uh, you, if you guys want to send in some suggestions or stuff for us to just chit chat and talk about, go ahead and email us some some stuff. It helps us, uh, you know, if you guys want to pick our brain with some short topics, we'll more than be happy to talk about it. All right, so this uh, next segment we're going to do uh, will be our main segment for the this podcast, and it's going to be on the one of the unique features of Wild West Exodus, and that is the dual decks, the action deck and the adventure deck. And it's going to be a little bit different. We have a special guest with us today. Give a good warm welcome to Chris. He's uh, one of the players and community members in Eric's Meta up there around Chicago. Hey, what's going on? Thanks for having me back on the saloon. I was actually on an episode uh, not too terribly long ago for the pre-Adepticon stuff. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, when we were we were pushing the uh, drink it us, drinks it us, yes, <laughs> drinks it us, yes. So, yeah. so Brian, Eric, thanks for having me back on the saloon. It's good to be here. Yeah, I didn't have to twist his arm too bad, Brian, to come back on. That's true. Well, I kind of I kind of bothered you about it. <laughs> true, true. You know, with Tom busy with uh, the various sports uh, events with his two kids he's he's extremely busy so we needed somebody to to, to step in and uh redact stuff or you know <laughs> do a little bit of grammar nazi in for us I'm not, I'm, not, I'm not much of a grammar nazi but i'll do my best <laughs> <laughs> more of like a grammar grammar socialist you know? <laughs> well one of the 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 cool things about uh, and I can't believe we haven't talked about this yet, Brian, is the two decks. is It is probably one of the most unique things about Wild West Exodus that makes it stand apart from other games is the way that these decks work when you're you're you know playing out on the the field. right. so the the transition from first edition second edition uh, at Adepticon, Tom Scott uh, and i we we were trying to fix some of the shortcomings of the first edition scenarios. And one of which is 
you could play and completely ignore the scenario objectives because just wiping your opponent was more effective than actually messing with any of the objectives. So we tried to fix that by coming up with a new a, a new thing, and we created these these a set of cards that every player in the tournament would get, and it was uh, twelve different you know objectives. And every round in the tournament, you basically were allowed to pick two, and you couldn't use them again throughout the tournament. So you would have extras at the end of the tournament that you just never use. But the, and those objectives were like, you know, you need to kill this face or you need to do this and stuff like that. So we had that at the tournament. It worked really well. So then during the beta of the, you know, second edition, War Cradle come up with the action deck. And during the beta, that's what we were discussing is the action deck is like, wow, man, this is going to be difficult. But a lot, you know, Daz was with us at that tournament and, you know, really liked cards. So I don't, I, I don't know how much that influenced the development of the two decks, but it, it kind of flowed from that. Like, because we had introduced the idea, I think it then expanded in the minds of War Cradle. So during the beta, it went from one action deck that did action points to then a second deck that did the adventure, you know, objectives. And then, boom, the next update in the beta, while we were doing the beta testing, boom, they added the guts side of the Guts and Glory uh, adventure deck. And it literally it blossomed at that point. During beta test, we were like, okay, this is, this is great. Because now, not only do you have the tactics of the action deck, but now you have these Guts and Glory cards that really build on this duality of the two decks working in in concert to give you so much more tackle ability and mitigation of either one of the two decks that may be a shortcoming. So it, it, you know, it's like, wow. And yeah, you're right. We haven't talked about it as a focus. It comes up here and there throughout the, um, you know, our other podcast, especially when we talked about treasure hunter yeah. being a, one of the special abilities that benefits either one of the two decks, uh, su- such as like uh, shrewd strategist, you know, you can look at the um, you know top card of either deck. I'm, gl- discard I'm, it. I'm glad you said that, Brian, not me. Shrewd? <laughs> yes. Well, you know, it's cool. Is it just right from the beginning when you draw these cards in your hand? And I mean, you're building your posse sometimes to play up to the card strategy. I mean, you got strategy right from the start of you drawing cards into your hand. That I think is, you know, the most intriguing part of the game to me. And, I mean, I I still struggle with that that whole thing of playing to the cards. It's not about what's the scenario, but it's also, okay, what what cards do I have? What can I play towards in this sense? And, um, Chris, I, I watch you, you know, when we get together and you are slamming down those cards, getting VPs from those so much during games that you you got it locked in on how, how to play those cards, man. <laughs> well, uh, well, a lot of times, I mean, it's it's, it's just, just basic 3D thinking, if you think about it, because you get, you get your hand. And then you have a you have a second to sit there, look them over, see what you're going to do, weigh out your balances. Because I mean, from my experience, right when I first started off in the second edition of the game, because I'm I'm a veteran from the first edition of the game. I mean, I've loved the models, I've loved the story of the lore ever since its inception back when, and when 
second edition took off. I mean, I was actually kind of hesitant to about the dual deck system. It just seemed like a lot of bookkeeping. But once I started, once me and you started playing it, Eric, I guess, I mean, you were kind of like my first main opponent with second edition. So, but when I first, when I, then when we started playing it, it was actually a lot easier to keep track of everything and kind of be able to strategize from a, from a standpoint of a beginning to beginning to end of turn type of situation. So, yeah, kudos to War Cradle. <laughs> That's a big <laughs> oh, thing. Yeah. But but I mean, like you like you were saying, Eric is yeah. I mean, it may seem like I'm getting lucky a lot of the times, but it's it's all just basic strategy right at the beginning of the turn. I mean, you look at it, you see, can I score this? Yes or no. If it's a yes, flip it over, try to score it, and then just be done with it. Yeah. If not, I mean, you have there's and then then they get the, the addition of the guts bonuses allows that card to be useful somewhere else. So I mean it's just ba- it's just basic utilization of resource at that point in time. So right. So why don't we why don't we get on target and let's okay. let's blast through the action deck because I think like all three of us really want to dive into the tactical use of the adventure deck. Absolutely. Uh, but let's get the action deck out of the way since it's it's a very short yeah yeah short topic. We'll get, so, we'll get a little bit of a summary of each deck and then we'll we'll deep dive a little bit more. So perfect. So the action point deck, the big point of the action point deck is when you flip the card is how many points do you have per activation for one of your guys on the board? Um, right. Simple so, enough. Yeah. The action deck is action points that you're going to be using for your, your person, your model. And the, the, the way it's built, it's 48 cards and there's, various numbers one two three four and five in that deck you know so there's four ones 15 twos 22 threes six fours and one five so your bulk of your the percentages at 45 percent is going to be a three which is like kind of a standard and three action points gives each model in on your board a pretty decent activation then you have a you know, some, some percent chance uh, of having a poor draw when you pull a two or a one. And then, of course, <laughs> if you get that four or five, you're like, yes, I can do a little bit more. Um, and, and, and it's really kind of neat the way those numbers and the percentages fall in, in place. One of the things that we all, you know, we talked about before is when you're doing demos or say you're just starting out playing the game and you, you only have one action deck. And so you all just decide to let's just split it. Well, drawing from the same deck is one of the ideas. I, I would not recommend doing that. Uh, another one is to actually split the deck up, where you divide up the number of cards. So what you do is you each each of you get two of the ones, each of you get you know uh, six of the twos. That would leave one that you just don't use. Yeah, you just pull it out. Divide up the threes. Each get eleven, and you divide up the fours. You each get three, and you don't use the five, yeah. right? So that yeah. way you have an even chance of getting the two threes and fours. That way there's a, the equal percentage chance of you having the cards you're going to need. Mm-hmm. If you both are drawing off the same deck, the, the percentage chance, it just it, it, just, it makes it wacky. So th- that's what I would suggest if you're going to use the same deck. But you don't really need to when, you know, War Cradle has these, this deck principle from their uh, website i know when i was when we first started beta testing second editions i printed two two copies of the deck yeah 
uh, once it, it firmed up to be the official deck. I printed them out on cardstock, cut them up. Yeah, it takes a little time, but we all learned how to cut in kindergarten. Uh, <laughs> not, not very well. <laughs> not very well. Uh, tell you, I had a cramp in my uh, in my thumb. <laughs> you had that indent I, I through all that cardstock. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it was rough, you know. But uh, but I you know I still have those two decks. So anytime I'm running in and someone shows up and don't, doesn't have a deck of their own, uh, you know, I have two full sets of official war cradle but then i also have two full sets of the cardstock printouts that i had made originally and so i can always loan those out and they work they work perfect fine so that's the action deck eric do you have anything you wanted to add about just the use well, of an action deck? the other the other significant thing about the action deck is the, the smaller number they have up in the corner that uh basically it's 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 not just a numbering system of you know one through uh, 48 for the cards it's actually when you're determining initiative you're flipping those cards and whoever has the higher number is the person that's going to win the initiative and, and 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 the way that they're numbered is they're numbered from lowest action card yeah to highest yeah. so the one first one is one and then the five is 48 so it's like so what that does it's cool. It's like, oh, you... I won initiative, but at the same sense, you're burning a higher point, you know, action point card that you may need later. So right. I, I, there's been many games where we've played trying to get that initiative, and you you flip over that five for initiative. It's like, yeah, I got initiative, but it's like, oh crap, that was my five. <laughs> I, think, I think I did that in this past game day we had just this past weekend. My game, I think I flipped the five for initiative, and he threw an interrupt at me. Which oh, I the only time pulling the five during initiative is actually okay is in the beginning of the game because player A, if he pulls the five, gets to use that. True, that's true. Uh-huh. And that's the only instance in the game where the initial card you pull is your action points. Is if you're player A and you pull the five, you can, you know, or whatever you pull, you can use it. You use that for your first activation, unless player B, you know, pulls a card that beats you. You know, yeah. Or so, if, like Chris just said, he throws down an interrupt and just ruins your whole interrupt. day. <laughs> exactly. But we'll get to interrupt up. in a minute. I'll just pull those right. out of my sleeves. It's fine. <laughs> <laughs> but, uh, so yeah, the action deck is, is it kind of does both those things. But another thing it does instead of just initiative and action deck is those little numbers also are used in scenarios. That's so true. there's, I guess the scenario Badlands set that you can also download off the. Uh, See, we the need picture. to do those more, Chris. Yes, we do. I agree. Oh, yeah, they're, they're, they're so good. Well, there's a couple of the game effects in those scenarios come down to draw a card from your action deck and use the little number. The higher number gets to do whatever the thing is. The uh, I know. Stuff. At the Eerie Shack, at the end of the turns, you each draw a that's card, right. and that's who gets to use the templates to horrible effect on your opponents so and and again we'll talk about tactics uh, and the use of the action deck once we finish talking about the next deck which is the adventure deck all right so this this is the this is the big one this is where all the meat and potatoes are for the game so the adventure cards actually have two uses in the game 
And uh, this is these are cards that you actually keep secret, just like any uh, card game. You know, it's like your your hand of cards. And actually, so during a game for the action cards, the size of the posses you guys are playing points wise will determine how many cards you draw each each turn. And those range from I think the first one is 999 points. You're going to have three cards. And then they increase as you go. Uh, 1,000 to 1,499 is four cards. And 1,500 to 1,999 is five. And then they say each 500 points you add on to the posse, you're adding plus one. So that'll determine how many cards you have in your hand besides like different abilities like Treasure Hunter, which will give you an extra one as long as that person is still alive on the board. Well, I think it was a... I think that was a great way that they made the game scale and how to and, and give it a bigger feel. Because you think about it, you have a bigger posse, you got more guys out there, you have more to manage, so therefore you have more utility to yes. draw upon. So I thought that was very clever. So once again, kudos work real. And then the the other cool thing about the adventure cards is they have a a, a dual use. So the, they are a two sided card that has a a glory side or a gut side. And so your gut side is is basically stuff that will like maybe give you extra action points or there is, you know, you can up the limit of one of your models or their mind, you know, you can you can affect some of their attributes during the game, which is a nice way to as we mentioned mitigating your action point deck. So say you draw just a little tiny one. Well, you may have an adventure card in your hand that you can play down to give you a, another action point. So it helps mitigate the, the bad draws, which is a real cool thing about uh, the adventure deck. Right. So the adventure deck, again, has the gut side, which is game mechanic, and then there's the glory side. So, you know, Chris, tell us about the glory side. I know you... you... <laughs> Yeah, you seem to be get, to beat up on Eric quite a bit. So, uh, <laughs> yeah, I, I bet Eric's just been waiting to throw me under the bus on this one. Okay. <laughs> uh, the, the glory side of the card is directly affects total total victory points for the game. So, as, as I mentioned, there's gut side, which is game mechanics, which are bonuses to things. On the glory side, you can choose to forego the game mechanic side, like adding a limit or adding a couple action points or whatever to scoring victory points. But these victory points have a condition. Every one of the cards has a unique objective to complete. Like, for example, one of the some of the common ones are uh, destroy a insert type of unit here in a shoot or a strike, depending upon the card. It could say shoot, it could say strike, and score a victory point. And this will add to your total score at the end of the game. So... My big use I've found for it is, you know, either jumping ahead early or making up some lost ground for, say, you're playing a scenario where it's a cumulative point base, like something out of the basic rule set. Um, let's uh, you send a message, for example. You know, you have your two objectives on your side and two objectives on your opponent's side. Say you get pushed off of your objectives early and your opponents are jumping ahead. You can use these these side objectives, so to speak, to kind of catch up and close that gap in gameplay. So I mean. Right. And there's, a, and there's a variety of different um, objectives to follow, like, say, destroy hands unit and a shoot, destroy hands and unit and strikes, destroy a support and a shooter a strike, or there's also placement, 
type objectives, like get a get your boss unit within five inches of the center of play. And uh, I only think there's a couple of repeats. I mean, they're, they're pretty they're pretty across the board. And take one like there could be all there's also one that says take one for the team for with a face yeah. unit and get a victory point. And as of right now, I don't think that there is a limit to how many cards you can score in a single activation. Which right. So, so that, say that you hit. Thing. That, yeah. that, that I used, and it's it's brilliant, is if you're lucky enough to get multiples of the same, you yeah. know, achievement, you can, can you can turn them all in yeah. when you yeah. achieve it. Yeah, I've been on the other end of that one. <laughs> you can ask Chris all about that one. I think I think the worst, um, um, the worst ever, I think I scored three victory points in a single unit's activation against Eric because of fortuitous glory bonuses <laughs> I had on my adventure cards. I think I had two destroy a fate destroy a hands unit to shoot and also get <laughs> also take one or, or also um, um get a face unit in the enemy deployment zone which I mean I'm kind of known for my mimic shenanigans now and they just pop up in the in the enemy <laughs> deployment zone. So if they just pop so say someone with a high rate of fire jumps up behind your lines and aces one of your hands units and is in your deployment zone that activation I'm scoring three victory points right. just just because and <laughs> once again it all come it all boils down to tactics and planning yep yep right so that that's one of the things we we were discussing is to to be able to have more options is to one, when you build your posse, if your faction has access to a treasure hunter or multiple treasure hunters, Actually, you put them in your posse. You the, can't. The, does treasure it, hunter stack? No, it, it doesn't. doesn't. So, but you can have multiple guys. Right. So you can only get plus one card, but you lose it if that model dies in the game. Yeah. Right. But if you had multiples, you wouldn't. Which, because which then is what? the second one in your deck Makes sense. is yeah. with. Now be the one you're adding every turn until he dies. Which right? is yeah. what so, I, I did that at Adepticon with my yeah. list. I, I had Nakano and then I had Marcus. So if one died, yeah. I was still getting that that bonus. That's right. And you know what that does is it gives you that little bit of extra uh, ability to have that extra card that you can hope that you know gives you those uh, victory points or when you really need those gut boons. One of the other things is every turn, at the end of the turn, you can discard cards that you won't be able to achieve uh, or has a, a guts part that you're just not ever going to need. So you can discard that in the hopes that your new draw will get you what you need. Yeah, Beneficial, useful stuff. Yeah. Right. One of the other things is if you have somebody, like a card that has elite uh, as a common rule, that allows them to rewrite the guts on any of the adventure cards to be a plus one action point. Yeah. Right. So any card you could just use as an extra action point, which is right. a great, yeah. great ability. You combine that with oh, yeah. Treasure Hunter. Ooh. <laughs> oh, yeah. Oh, oh, yeah. <laughs> so why don't we go over the unique cards in the adventure deck? Okay. Uh, up them a little bit. Let's just dive into. To, uh, the little hat with a plus one. Triggered activation. That's right. Okay, let's see. Triggered activation. Let me scroll down here. Uh, triggered activation. Basically, um, at the end of any, well, I'm just gonna read. I'm just gonna read it verbatim. Your adventure card has this symbol on it. After making your first activation, you may declare 
you'll be making a triggered activation. You must reveal and discard the adventure card with the symbol on it that enables you to do so. Once your first unit's activation is complete, you may, you may immediately activate a face unit within 8 inches of it that has not yet activated this turn. This is treated as a new activation, requires you to draw a new action card. Further unactivated face units within 8 inches of the activated face may make a triggered activation in, provided in each instance you can reveal and discard required adventure cards or have the reveal unit common rule. Yeah, so basically, basically, you, you activate anything, could be face, hands, units, structures, whatever, and at the end of their activation, you can discard the triggered activation card, it's the cowboy hat with the plus one by it, that's the symbol you're looking for. And you can then activate a face unit, and then you, you discard the triggered activation adventure card, and then you draw a new action point card, and basically just continue your activation from there. Yeah, so you're getting basically like a, a back-to-back activation. So th- this mm-hmm. is a great card to play if you have a guy that's, say, pounding on your opponent's boss, and you get them all you know, tokened up where he's disordered and he's, you know, he's stunned or whatever play this card and you can have that face just finish him off right as long as he's within eight inches yep yep right so so again tactically if you have that card you know you you would play that up you would make sure that you are moving up multiple units to be able to benefit from this eight inch uh triggered activation it's a way of focusing to your card so at the beginning of the game you see you got you got a triggered activation and then you plan ahead. You you know, get your melee guys up there at the boss, and then boom, you tag exactly. All right, so Eric, why don't you do the exclamation point one for us? All right, so this is the interrupt card. Now, the interrupt, if you do not have the initiative and your adventure card has this symbol on it, you may reveal the card to your opponent and choose to gain the initiative for this activation only. Reveal must be made before your opponent draws their action card and declares a unit they intend to activate. If your opponent has an interrupt card as well, they may then play their interrupt to regain the initiative for the activation. If you hold further interrupts, you may then try to seize or deny the initiative once again in this activation and so on. So uh, the interrupt is a little, yeah, the exclamation mark. Um... And you're you're basically stealing initiative, so you can keep well, going. There's some caveats to that. Okay. So you're not stealing the initiative for the entire turn. So an interrupt only interrupts that activation. That activation. So you know the way it would work is um, if uh, Chris, you have initiative, mm-hmm. and round two begins, but before you pick up your action card, I play my interrupt. So what would happen is instead of you drawing that card, you would just have to wait, and then I would activate one of my guys. Right. Then you would activate your guy. Exactly. For this activation pair. Right. Then the next activation is actually going to be yours because you still have initiative. Yep. Uh So you would activate a second one, right? Yep, exactly. So a lot of people don't play it correctly because they assume it's taking the entire initiative, and it's not. It only interrupts that activation's initiative. Mm-hmm. Yeah, this was a, a rule that was brought to my attention early on that I still continually forget about. 
It's just like, oh, he stole that. He stole the initiative. Just go. Hey, try to, try to play with youngsters. You know, my boys, it's hard to get them to, to realize that's how that plays. Yeah. You know, they're like, no, I, I, I stole initiative. No, you only for that one activation. Yeah. Right. <laughs> right. And that's that's one of those nitty gritty rules, which there, there's, there's a few of them in Wild West Exodus, but this is the one that definitely comes up the most as far as. Um, but I have to stop and, and take a second just to be like, wait a minute. <laughs> I, I think I saw when uh, some people were talking about it, a way to think of it is the the activation is, okay, you got player A, player B, and player A has initiative, player B steals it, so player B goes, and then when it comes back around, player A goes, A goes, and then it goes back to B. Right. right. So it, it, the way the way it's easiest to remember is every turn is built up of activation pairs. Yes. Where you and your opponent both get to activate, right? And so if you think about it that way, then the interrupt interrupts that activation pair. Right. But it things revert back to normal to who won initiative in the next pair. Yeah. Right. Unless you have another interrupt, <laughs> which I've done for people. <laughs> I think a record in, in my game so far, I think there was four interrupt cards t- thrown down on the same activation pair. I think that, that's my personal best so far. <laughs> well, see, I like saving it. was like, okay, well, I took the first pair, I take the second pair, and, I, and you almost get halfway through the turn, and you, you've had initiative even though you lost initiative. Um, exactly. But yeah. So, so, okay. So the the last unique symbol on the guts symbols is the little cog with the little arrow on it, uh, and that's called restore. If your adventure card has the symbol on it, you may reveal the card to restore the number of fortune chips on a unit of your choice back up to their fortune value. I see. Brian saved save that last one for him because it was the shortest one to read. <laughs> <laughs> well, okay. So anyway, it's actually one of the, out of the three is my favorite. So it actually has the biggest impact for your boss, right? Yeah. So say you're having a really bad turn. Your boss is just now being activated and he's already got no fortune because he's been saving all his troops this whole this whole turn. You activate him and he's got nothing to do for himself because he's been helping everybody else with largesse. This card gives you that ability to to be effective for your boss during his turn and then he gets it all back at the end of the turn. Another thing is, is say you have like I don't know, Huster, and you, you get to going and you need a lot more fortune, another eight fortune during your turn is going to be really big. <laughs> uh, another thing is like Jesse James or Doc Holliday, more for like, you know, Jesse James, if he successfully uses Gamble, one of his special abilities, he has no limit. Yeah. So having a renew gives him the ability to use more fortune to buy more actions because he can keep going. So he can literally just keep at it as long as he has resources to spend. So that is really big and you can turn, turn the tide of a game with that renew. And that's why I think that of the three, that one can have a really big impact if, uh, if used correctly and you, you tactically plan ahead and get that go. 
Mm-hmm. I've used that exact same tactic in games before. <laughs> Where you pop Gambler with Jesse James and he can just run up the board and do whatever he wants. And then I had two Restore cards in my hand that oh, turn. So good God. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, he definitely he, he definitely broke through an entire union line by himself once. That was fun. <laughs> <laughs> and the other card that actually helps with that is um, the there are four plus two action point cards in the adventure deck, and those are big too. Yeah, I, I've had Helena on the board during an activation, and I had two of them in my in my. Um, so yeah, she benefited quite a bit with you know an extra four action points. So you got one of those plus one limit cards in there too. <laughs> but of course, as with any kind of deck drawing game, it's all about the draw too. Mm-hmm. Right. So with sixty cards, there's 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 a lot more variety in in the adventure deck. I did count up. There are eleven teamwork cards. Uh, there's only four of those plus two action point cards. There's only three fortune renew cards. So you know the. There's not very many, so they don't pop uh, an awful lot, you know. And then the, there's a bunch of the plus one to different attributes, which are always, you know, surprisingly useful in uh, opportune moments. The biggest limitations of the adventure deck is they they only operate during the activation. So that plus one to your grid is good for that activation that you played it, and it doesn't transfer over. Uh, into any other activation so it's they're not they're not long-term booms they're very short-term booms yeah and a neat thing about the adventure deck too is that whole you know you you need that that guts card that gives you the plus two action points but then it's like okay you look on the glory side and it has you know destroy that face in a shoot action or whatever. So you're, you're trying to find that balance of, I want to save this card for that victory point. Cause that's what I'm, I'm playing towards. Right. That's my strategy. But then it's like, Oh, but I really need this plus two. So it's like, you're trying to find that balance of, you know, the classic Western card game, know when to hold them and you know, when to play them. Yep. No, I agree. So one of the other synergies or tactics that affect your adventure card and your action deck is uh, special abilities on units. So uh, we've already kind of mentioned Treasure Hunter, which gives you a plus one adventure card to your your draw for every turn that your that that model is still alive. But then there are other card tactics on the in the game. One of my favorite is uh, Shrewd Strategist, and it's look at the top card of the action deck or the adventure deck and it allows you to look at it secretly obviously you don't show your opponent uh but then you can leave it there or you can discard it so if it's a low number and you don't you know you just don't want to have to worry about your next uh activation being that the card you want to pull you discard uh and it's one action point to do it and it's it's just a very neat little boon that certain models in the game have that opens up this uh adventure card a little more for your posse eric do you know one of the other ones uh well Lana miller has one yeah uh well my favorite one is on creation seven with his split personality that it's actually a uh it, you don't have a choice in it with his split personality so it's one of those abilities that i always like to use 
you know, him in uh, the Enlightened Posse because when I flip that action point card and it just happens to be really low, like a one or a two, if I choose to activate him, I automatically, with split personality, have to flip that card. So it, it, it's an ability that helps mitigate that low uh, card draw. Right. So, uh, so yeah, split personality, the ability to, uh, or the mandate to draw a card, definitely can help mitigate those ones if they pop up on you. Also got a tactical brilliance. My, my favorite personal <laughs> uh, card alteration special rule. So the, the tactical brilliance that you, you gain one plus one to your reserve checks using mind attribute. But once per turn, when you, when this model activates with tactical brilliance, you spend two action points to look at the top three cards from either your adventure deck or your action deck, and you can and you put them back in any order that you want. So this kind of allows you to kind of plan your next three moves, essentially, and set it up however you want to. I mean, usually usually I would see it used more, more for the action deck so that you know exactly what your next three card draws are going to be so you can absolutely plan accordingly and set them up in it whatever is, order that you need. It is the most brilliant thing to do when you're playing Badlands. The Rift or... <laughs> so very shot. Yeah, I, definitely. I have every time I've played those either one of those two. I that's that's Helena's main function is to to wait till the end of the turn and scope out that deck just uh-huh. so I can make sure and not get hit with the Pierce Four. <laughs> uh-huh. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> so those those are some of the special abilities that can help you. Uh, kind of work with the adventure deck. Right. So one of the other ones, you know, Marie Laveau, she has what's called Savant. Once per turn, when activated, the unit may spend two action points for its owning player to select and examine a random card in their opponent's hand of adventure cards. This chosen card must be discarded, any new one drawn to replace it. That's that's brutal. I mean, well... Not brutal as an extra hit, but that's just nasty. That is nasty. Yeah. I would be ticked <laughs> if that <laughs> happened to me, man. <laughs> Good thing we don't have too many hex players in, in oh, our, our right. local area. <laughs> not, not yet. Not yet, yeah. All right, so here is another one, also from the hex. The third man has Fate Weaver. Ugh. So once per turn... This unit, when activated, may spend two action points to look at the top three cards from their opponent's adventure deck or their opponent's action deck and shuffle them into any order and replace them on the top of that deck. Oh, so it's kind of a reverse of what Helena does, but you're doing it to exactly. Really, exactly. But you do it to your opponent. Yeah. <laughs> so again, I'll that fix would you. be a very good tactic to use when playing Eerie Shack. <laughs> <laughs> uh, <the rift. laughs> you know it's 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 also good if you know you're about to bring out your big gun or your big uh one of your big melee guys or you have something you need to get done and you want to make sure they have enough action points but depending on the scenario those two scenarios it just screams this is when you need to use your <laughs> tactical brilliance or fate weaver uh it definitely gives you some bones I'm not sure if there's any more. I think we've covered all of them. Yeah, uh, I mean, we mentioned uh, Gambler with uh, uh-huh. Jesse James, and then Doc 
it's a very similar thing. You know, he can take a peek at the cards and, you know, kind of manipulate the cards for your activations. But, uh, yeah, so other than that, those are some of the ways that you guys can kind of manipulate the cards and what the cards are and how you can plan your strategy and your tactics when you're playing. Uh, real quick before we end this segment, why don't we go ahead and name what our favorite cards are? Chris, do you have a favorite card that you tend to really love playing? <laughs> Whether it's a uh, guts or a glory, I mean it. Or I mean, technically, it could be the number five action point card, but I think that's everybody's favorite. That's everybody. That, that, that's too easy. But my, <laughs> my, my my favorite card is always and forever going to be a card that has the glory bonus of destroy a hands unit in a shoot action. Yeah, there's because... many many times when you're kind of. You make sure you guys, when you have these cards, you you read them and know because sometimes it's real easy to mix up that shoot and strike. Um, I've done it. Yeah, there's I've been done. many times you've gone for that goal and it's like, all right, I destroyed that unit, and it's like, oh, oh crap! No. It was supposed to be a shoot action. I <laughs> beat your face in. <laughs> Dang. <laughs> or oh no, I accidentally used my strike bonus card for guts. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, the, the, I mean, I think it's a tie between that or that or, and and or kill a face with an insert. Okay. Method here, I think. I think that those are those are the cards I, ta- I tend to gravitate towards because that's just my style of thinking. Because I like it. Can I score this? Yes. Can I score this easily? Yes. Do yeah. it. And that's just you know my gameplay because either I'm coming, I'm either I'm trying to close a gap because I'm behind in victory points, or I want to jump ahead and. The glory, the glory bonuses are a great way to do that. So therefore, that is what I will cast in as my favorite action or adventure card. Yeah, I've I've seen you, Chris, play to the cards more than the actual objective. Yeah, because sometimes you just jump ahead by that much, and it's you don't need to worry about the objectives anymore. Then it becomes then it becomes a table control game. Yeah, yeah. But you you know I'm famous for taking small posses, so sometimes it can be <laughs> kind of difficult for me. I did, I, I did win Adepticon with 11 models. <laughs> <laughs> sorry, Mike. <laughs> sorry, uh, sorry, not sorry, Mike. <laughs> no, my, Mike, Mike was a great opponent. I would absolutely, 10 out of 10 would play again. So as, as much uh, banter as we have on the Facebook. <laughs> <laughs> Brian, what? So did the table survive? <laughs> so, I don't know. There's some dice being thrown from like three feet away, so <laughs> they were really me? getting into it. Me and Mike were having a great time. Okay, we were hooting and hollering. It was fun. <laughs> Brian, what do you got for a, a favorite? What do you like to? Uh, what card do you like to throw down a lot? Um, I, I, I mean, you, you kind know, of mentioned I, one. The, the plus two action point card and the renew cards are 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 pretty big impact cards and you know so i'll, I'll go with those just kind of like share the same level uh obviously there's not very many of either one so yeah, uh, yeah i i definitely have to agree with the the renew fortune restore. cards i mean there's only four of them yeah restore <laughs> yeah restore is definitely a big one i mean there's a, there is only four of them but like we mentioned earlier being able to you, you know take your boss and just go to town and use all his 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 monies basically his you know the fortune and his action points up 
and then being able to slap that down and keep going is just huge. That's really huge. And also something to worth mentioning about restore. Now, correct me if I'm wrong here, but you can use the restore card at any point in time. It doesn't have to be during an activation. You can just renew your boss's fortune as many times as you like during the turn. If I'm saying this correctly, it doesn't say during any activation or any specific point in time. It just says comments and concerns. It says reveal this card and this card to gain the following for this activation. This activation. So it doesn't say which one. It just says this. They all say for this activation. Okay. So thank, thank you for clearing that up. So typically what happens is when you have that, that phrasing, you know, it, it could go either way. Some people say it, it can be done on out of activation. So you're, it's not your activation, but it was during someone's activation. Uh, yeah. I don't think that, so. I don't think that is one of the ones that have been addressed in the uh, FAQ. Maybe with many of the things, the wording in the game, it will be addressed with the uh, 1.09 coming out. Mm-hmm. A little bit of rule clarification. Yeah. Yeah. Well, I do agree, Brian, with you. Like, I was going to pick the uh, the restore also, uh, so you kind of st- stole my thunder. <laughs> but actually, one that I really like a lot, and uh, actually, Chris, I have to nod my hat to you on this one, because the first oh time you did this to me, I was like, oh, you dirty dog. <laughs> it, I can't wait. I can't it, wait. So what this one is, is the achieve the following. Take one for the team with a face unit and receive one victory point. The first time you baited me in, you had, what was it, Marcus, and he was just hanging out in the open wind and <laughs> didn't even think, okay, you got, I think it was Sierra you had kind of uh, not too far away from him, and you had a um, on the lookout on her. So... Mm-hmm. What was it? We moved up an iron horse with Gatlings getting ready to blast Marcus. And <laughs> it was like, oh, no, she's going to take one for the team. So you slap this down, get a victory point, And then she has on the lookout. So she gets to shoot first, kills that unit. <laughs> I think you scored some more points off of that. Uh, yep. I remember I had to destroy a support unit in a shoot action yeah. as well. In my hand, that was completely happenstantial. Oh my <laughs> god, that is that was such a good strategy that it, it. I mean, I was I was just like, holy crap, what just happened? But that was such a good strategy, and it's an easy strategy to set up. You know, it's it's the whole, you know, baiting your opponent to do something, making something that just looks so juicy that you want to go after, but then you flip flop it on it, and all of a sudden it's like, whoa, what just happened? <laughs> I love Cause, I mean, that because I mean, because there's one thing I noticed about about you, Eric, is you get that tunnel vision when yes. you see something that you want to just just <laughs> yes. demolish. You just just hone in, and you're like, "All right, let's." He starts foaming at the mouth almost. <laughs> <laughs> so obviously, I'm going to put the juiciest target I had available, Marcus Wayward, just um, kind of hanging out out there and see. I mean, I wasn't expecting too much. I mean, Sierra is she's okay. But it was definitely something I was going to keep Marcus alive with. But I'd, being able to kill you with one shot—that was—that was complete luck. <laughs> yeah. Well, yeah. Since since that time, that was when we were doing playtesting for Adepticon. I started 
doing that little trick with uh, Jesse and Slane. Uh, where mm-hmm. <laughs> yeah, I do that with Slade with his minus four, and it's just like, what just happened? <laughs> yeah, you you shot at me, but you died. <laughs> That's what just happened. <laughs> but yeah, I mean that. So that was that would be one of my favorite ones. And like I said, the uh, the restore. But that guys is the action point deck in the adventure deck. Too bad that it took us a year, Brian, over a year to address. Probably one of the most important things in the game. Yeah, what are you guys doing? <laughs> we get distracted. That's fair. There's well, so many... you know, when you, when, you, when you do podcasts once a month, <laughs> um, you, forget. you know, things <laughs> come up. And, yeah. uh, and then so then. you could probably, I, I, I'll, I'll put the, the, the task out. Go out there, listen to all 13 episodes prior to this one, and I count how many times the adventure deck or the action deck has come up in our podcast. And I will, I'm pretty, pretty confident that it has come up in multiple podcasts. Yeah. Oh yeah. Not as in depth as we talked about it today, but the decks have been talked about. That's fair. Plus from a content standpoint, I'm sure there's, there was much more exciting stuff you wanted to talk about before the cards. (laughs) (laughs) I know for a fact, I probably mentioned, you know, Helena Miller using her tactical brilliance and uh, (laughs) using his shrewd strategy to great effect to winning games. I know I've talked about that. Well, Brian, the only only information I have on Helena Miller as I've never played against a Helena Miller posse is from you. (laughs) (laughs) So thank you. Well, hey, uh, be be on the lookout. You know that's one of the things they investigate is them them green and gray aliens. So they're they're always watching. So <laughs> so therefore, that means they must be waiting too. You know, what? I I actually just thought of something kind of uh, off. You know, on the top of my head, one of the things that I'm wondering that if Warcrate will ever do is given us maybe an upgraded adventure deck where we might see some different type of things to work for. I mean, it's kind of a, I guess, maybe a hopeful wish list. I mean, the, the deck is great as it is. Oh, yeah. I agree with that. But maybe like a, a second version would be kind of exactly. cool. Maybe a little some more in-depth uh, glory bonuses or glory GPs. Yeah, they have talked about doing a special edition, uh, you know, set of decks here and there or for a tournament. Where you come, you show up for the tournament, and you're 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 given part of the tournament tournament buy-in. Uh, part of the tournament buy-in would be the new adventure deck for that special tournament. deck. Okay, and so I'm you would I'm have, into that. right, and so everyone gets it who signed up for the game, uh, and that's it's for use during that tournament. That'd be cool. I mean, it could be themed towards a certain thing or exactly. Yeah. The pretty side, and then you, it could have unique, you know, guts and unique glory. Yeah, that would be kind of cool. And I mean, we we are going to get to see the whole two sided guts and glory thing uh, with the dystopian wars when it mm-hmm. comes out. Uh, they're calling it Victory and Valor, I believe. Yes. And then yeah. we're probably going to see something similar to that in Lost World. I don't know if it's going to be called the Guts and Glory. It could be called something different, like Dystopian Wars. But the same rule set. Um, it's going to be Guts and Glory. Guts and Glory, just maybe different conditions, like victory point conditions or plus. I think it's going to. I think 
you you know you're right. They may have to print it out because they don't have bases. Yeah. In that, so you're right. They may have to have a new deck for their side. I I know it's the same rule set. So when they do the rule set, I'm sure they'll have to put in those caveats. Yeah. You know? Yeah. Those so keywords, that, basically. Right. So that, that that will be fun when we start seeing the beta on that. Yeah. Yeah. I'm excited. That'll be fun. All right. Well, why don't we go ahead and get out of here? And uh, thanks, Chris, for sitting in and talking uh, cards with us. <laughs> oh, it's a, it a pleasure to be here. I was confused as to what that sound was at first. That was I was about to a... ask you. A, I was about to ask you a question, but but oh, that's just cards. He's just flipping cards. It's yeah, okay. I'm being a card shark. Not what that sounds like. <laughs> it's not what it's not what it sounds like. That, that's my confusion. No, that would sound like a bullhorn. I was about to say, it kind of sounded like you had a, you had you had some um, enchiladas for dinner. <laughs> All right. uh, enchiladas in Chicago? Hey, we got great we got great Mexican food here, man. <laughs> what did you say? It's a real thing. What did he say? So we got great Mexican food here. <laughs> really? Yeah, really. Oh, okay. All right. Th- l- listen. Not all, not all those can be so close to the source. <laughs> I will say I will say this: we do not have great Chicago pizza here. No, we don't. <laughs> we do not. We used to. We had one place that had a really good deep dish Chicago style pizzeria, and it, it closed shortly after I graduated from uh, college. That's and then fun. we mourned its loss. That is unfortunate. Well, if you if you bug Eric or myself, I can I can definitely ship you down one of those half baked Lou Malinati's pizza. It'll make it to you. It'll be good. <laughs> or or Brian, you can get on your horse and ride up here. Get his iron horse. <laughs> yeah, I'll just ride twenty twenty up there. I love it. I'd pay to see it. <laughs> All right, we'll go ahead and get out of here and we'll move on, guys. Okay, okay, guys. Uh, That about does it for today's episode. And we're going to go ahead and wrap it up here. But before we get out of here, me and Brian want to go over some news with you guys in the world of Wild West Exodus. And first off, let's just mention that right now shipping is uh, the the newest stuff that they released. The uh, Regulators, Posse Box Set, Tesla. Um, is that a legendary Tesla or is it just plain old Tesla? It's legendary Tesla. Is so it? it's the Tesla in the uh, mech suit. It got a pretty heavy tinkering. So it's a, it's a new sculpt. A lot of the details have uh, been More modified and crisper uh, and everything. It, I, I don't know how crisp. I haven't seen it actually in hand yet, but like the, the Tesla coil on top is not there. Okay. And they rework both arms. Looks a little more uh, proportional now. Details. Okay. Uh, and then, yeah. And then Tesla sits in the cockpit more like a person comfortably sitting in there <laughs> instead of like. Uh, <laughs> chopped up and well, he, embedded in it. <laughs> they they kind of gave him the same treatment that they gave uh, Eiffel. You know, they kind of expanded some of the, you know, his little ride so he didn't look like, I think I said it before, a, a, a fat kid in a big wheel. <laughs> you <Right>. know? <laughs> so it looks a little more proportional. And then also another, I think a, a big, 
big favorite uh, people are looking forward to is the Fire Eagle, which is actually it's Fire Eagle slash Thunderbird. So you kind of got two different ways you can build this out. And this was the Warrior Nation's heavy vehicle that they just got done redoing. Right. So it's the, the Fire Eagle and Thunderbird. So there's two heads. And they're very iconic looking heads. Yeah. So you'll be able to tell them apart. So yeah, that that's Warrior Nation fans look for that. It's gonna oh. be really good. Yeah. Uh, yeah. The Watchers got a two two pack of the Onyx Destroyers that came previously in the Amber Clade posse box. So now you can you know beef up that posse with buying some more of the onyx destroyers didn't they just they did uh change the names too didn't they brian are they uh sentinels now right is the destroyers their old old name i think so i think you caught me (laughs) 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 but yeah i mean they've been out of print for a while so they've been i think they've been holding back on them because they had the plans to put them in uh it was the uh amber clade so we just we haven't seen them in a while. So they're, I, they're now the Vermilion Sentinels. Vermilion Sentinels. What Vermilion? What color is Vermilion? Because <laughs> I know they're all named after a color. <laughs> <laughs> I have to go get my color chart and look at it. And then we had one more thing too, Brian. That is shipping right now. What was that? Oh, there, there's a, a piece of terrain. It's the Nazambu Bayou Abandoned Shack. Yeah. So we're we're moving out of the Red Oak town, and we're going into the deep south of the bayou. So that's kind of cool because now, so those ones are shipping, and they just had, what, days ago, announced the pre-orders for, this would be for August, and to go along with that terrain, they have a new, uh, it's, it's called the Bayou Rotten Jetty. So it's like an old just shack, I, I guess. And I, I think you're getting more of the, the docks and just kind of Bayou uh, scatter terrain in that one too. Right. So the, 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 one, the first, the Nazambu kit had uh, a dock and boardwalk. And uh, a shack on stilts. Okay, it was on stilts. That's right. Right, and so the the new one is 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 a different shack. So you would have the ability when you you, you put these together, you're not going to have a, a duplicate. You know, it'll be yeah. a, a worked Bayou shack, and it's not on stilts. This one is in, you know, is against the ground. It looks they more like a cabin, right? Abandoned. Abandoned. They're calling it the abandoned shack. Okay, uh, and it it comes with some of the decking and and uh, things, but it also comes with like debris that looks like it's submerged. Okay, so it comes with some of its pieces are submerged debris, which is is kind of a neat feature because it's not up on stilts. Yeah, you know, there's a there's a canoe. But it's just the top of the canoe. That's kind of neat. I mean, that gives so, me ideas already it, of like what you know to try something different where you can put it in a swamp and okay, if you guys go off these these docks and these you know these walkways, it's going to be, you know, uh, what would that be like a hazardous terrain where it just slows, or not hazardous rough terrain where it, it halves yeah. your 
your your uh, your move movement stat. Um, and what's really neat is if you if you like really look close, the um, okay. So I actually see there's another nickname they put in it also, the Rotten Jetty. Rotten Jetty. Okay. So I don't know. I don't know what a jetty is. <laughs> I guess that's a jetty. <laughs> yeah, I was like, uh, so water should be. The, the, there's like an ad they they embedded in the pictures and it says the water should be safe. <laughs> <laughs> and it says pre-order rotten jetty now. But then I think it, that may have been the early name for it. But then they went with the abandoned shack. Okay. Uh, Probably because people were like, "What's a jetty?" Uh, <laughs> but if you look at the the shack, it has no roof, but it has rotten timbers. Okay. But there are actual silhouettes of crows, what and birds on the the, the top of this this shack. Oh my gosh! I can't imagine punching those out of that MDF. I'm gonna bust them. I'm, I'm gonna I bust them, man. <laughs> <laughs> I was like, "Oh my god, that's really cool." There's like little birds. <laughs> well, you know, if I do end up breaking them, I'll have to make a trip to like the Hobby Lobby or Michaels and in their little, okay, what would it be? And, you know, they have their little hobby section where you can do the railroads and, uh, or, you know, the dioramas. I'm going to go get some little birds. Like, you know, they got the little like plastic birds that I can just put up on there. But, but uh, yeah, so yeah, for, for, going up pre-order this weekend so you know yeah for those of us who who want to do a bayou board uh yeah that'd be fun gonna be. Can't, w- can't wait to see what mac comes up with he's <laughs> probably got stuff like this he already built yeah so uh, so what else is there the brian uh, yeah the so kind of like last month you know that just now has gone to shipping uh, a previous uh, posse came out and in that posse there's some something that everyone's been dying to get a hold of so they can buy separately uh, and that is the portals the, oh yeah the, the new plastic portals that came in the all uh the portal vanguard posse yeah that's that's so right now you'll be able to buy a box and get get two portals uh, and, so and, you, and you really don't even have to paint them they're clear aren't they they are clear. There's a few people that's already gotten them from the the Portal Vanguard. They they put a glaze over them. Okay. Uh, and then you put a li- it'll put a little color, in it, but it doesn't make it opaque. So the clearness kind of still shows through. Yeah. Uh, I was chatting with Brandon and was like going, "They're so cool. I, I can't wait till someone you know a little more uh, higher tech than I am uh, <laughs> plug in an LED at the bottom to oh, see my... what it looks like. Yeah. You know. That would be yeah, neat. Or lighten it up from the bottom. I tell you what, I I hope they got the, uh, I hope they got the printers uh, f- firing up on those ones fast because you know they're going to be selling out of those ones. Yeah, yeah. Especially once people start seeing what what all you can do with them. Yeah, yeah. And then we got we got a big guy too coming, don't we? We've seen this right. guy a long time so, ago. So we got another four, four. Um, New releases for pre-order. You know, we got the piece of terrain, which is great. All their MDF terrain has been amazing. Uh, we got a, a a faction building option for, you know, with the portals. And 
right? So now we have a single model. So War Cradle's really not doing a whole lot of single models unless they're big, right? <laughs> big, they're not big, big in a poppy box. Big and beefy. Just like, you know, the, the Fire Fire Eagle. Anytime you, you know a model's coming out solo, it's going to be a legendary. So it's going to have a, the larger base. It's going to have all these other things. So the new legendary is a model that we got teased quite a bit ago. So he's got a, already got a cult following. Yeah, I you know what? I think if you open up the Wild West Exodus webpage, he's one of the three figures in the featured in the top of the screen. <laughs> so we've been staring at him for a while. Well, he he kind of goes with uh Wakasansi and so uh it's a dark dark nation hex model. The legendary Vorket. So I remember he was teased. I think right before Pax or during Pax. Yeah, you know, South. It's a while ago. Two seasons ago. Yeah, and uh, we had expected him to be in what Cassancy's posse box, and it was just too big. It's hard to (laughs) stick a model that big in a posse box. Yeah, you'll have to come separate. And man, he's so cool. And of course, splash him down with a full Darren. Oh, yeah. You know, paint. Just so cool. It looks so cool. Yeah, he's he's definitely going to be a painter's delight with the detail that's on him. Um, you see the front and the back it, pictures on their uh, in their little news announcement of them. And it's just like, holy cow, look at all that detail. Yeah, okay, so he's so cool, I'm going to read his little uh, blurb. (laughs) The most common story told by locals is that Vorket was once the warrior nation. A large man with a prodigious appetite, he preferred his own company beyond the plains. In the foothills of the mountains, he hunted, fished, and roamed free. But isolated from his kindred, he fell prey to a malevolent wrath that corrupted him both in mind and body. Having fed him her dark energies, the spirit discovered Vorket's appetite remained unsated, and so she unleashed him on the world to kill and devour any living creature that crossed his path. Darkness is no obstacle for this creature, as almost blind he senses the beat of the heart, the quickening of the breath, and can taste the tang of blood in the air. Once Vorket hunts you, your doom is all but certain. Your fate is to be ripped apart. His toothy maw. Come on. <laughs> <laughs> and I remember when they teased him, we were talking about him a little bit. And so, if I remember right, we were talking about his spirit animal is the mole rat. This poor yeah. guy is a mole rat. <laughs> yeah, but he's, he's like huge. He's like a he, giant. He don't know when to quit eating at the buffet. <laughs> oh man yeah that's gonna be a neat one to see on the table yeah. no it was good 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 okay so the last thing of course you can't have a, a war cradle release month without a posse box and so you know we got the we got the regulators yeah the last the last of the outlaws without a posse is johnny ringo oh my god this has got all the the classic historical guys it, in it, man. Insert Young Guns theme music now. 
So I'm going to read the Cowboys blurb because it's pretty good, too. The Cowboys <laughs> include the disfigured and the spiteful Misty Mims, a woman wanted in numerous territories for violent crimes and with a particular hatred of Jesse James, the veteran prospector and ruthless killer, Ike Clanton, his brother, Billy Clanton, known as Chef because of penchant for knife play, the mysterious trick shooter, Annie Mosey, who is wanted in for the murder of Francis Butler and Paul Haynes in 1871. The final member of the gang is Frank McLowry, mortally wounded by the Earps and transformed by experimental enlightened technology at the hands of Kyle the Black into the psychotic H. Bob 44. The Cowboys stampede their way through the region, robbing, killing, gambling, and drinking their way to their notion of glory. Yeah. And, okay. And shock of shocks. Drum roll. Wait for it. And these models is a complete reskull. Yeah, they it's look not really sharp. To cask, like some of the previous, you know, posse boxes that had like two, like maybe one or two new models, but then the rest were, you know, the trusted and true outlaw old. They just got new, new. They got spun in new casts. Yeah, but the, they only corrected some things. They didn't actually change the models. Uh, or the poses, but every one in the cowboy box is not only a fresh sculpt, so they corrected any issues they may have with the old, but they're all new poses as well. Yeah. Every one. I mean, probably the most dramatic one would be, well, Ike's is totally different. Uh, H-Bot's is way more dynamic than what it was. Uh, And even Johnny Ringo's, his is... It's got more character in it than the original does. Yeah, no, it it it, it is a. I think they they all have gotten a really good. You know, some of these models used to have a very just pose. Yeah, you know, they kind of they right? kind of blended together. They're very individual now. Right. So, like Bill Brocious, he was standing with one gone out. Yeah, that's right. Now he's got them both out. So, I mean, it, it, you know, definitely more of a, you know, action pose, like he's standing between people and saying, hey, you're both going to get it. Chef, who used to be standing like Bill Brocious is now, he had guns out on both sides, but dude's name Chef, he didn't have any knives out. So it was like, okay, maybe you should put one of his pistols away. So he now he's got, he's picking his teeth with one of his knives. <laughs> so it's just a really a much better snapshot of his character with this new pose yeah yeah it is so just it's really good and then you have honky bot was you know good good pose real real lots of detail but now he's 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 in the middle of a run so he's high action he's got his his claw his claw open you know, and they 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 eventually then they, now they put like a flamethrower in that arm, and so it looks like he's about to flame on. I mean, just a real good action pose. Yeah. And uh, and yes, Johnny Ringo did not lose his shirt, did not regain his shirt. <laughs> he's still showing ladies. Heck Stick yeah. Back. He's like, hello, ladies. <laughs> uh, I plan his pose did it. What's nice about Ike's is it didn't change much. 
but now he's lighting the cigar. Yeah. Yeah. You know? <laughs> it's it's a lot more of their character is put into the poses. Just just a little bit of twist of the of the sculpt and it just it just works. It and looks he, really cool. He still looks like a dirty bastard. So Fifty <laughs> Mim, she's now doing the whole Jake Yeah. Uh, come get, like, come, come get some, <laughs> <laughs> and it fits her character good too. I was like, oh, that's nice. <laughs> oh, yeah. So, yeah, our outlaws have been seeing some love these last two months. Um, man, <laughs> they just these releases just keep coming, and I, 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 they keep impressing me. You know, they keep up in the game. The scary thing is, is having had those numerous conversations with, with Stuart and uh, especially after the last one. And then he basically told us, yeah, let's not reveal anything. We just told y'all it's like how <laughs> <laughs> to the wire where we're like, Oh my God, there's, <laughs> there's that we don't know about. <laughs> oh yeah. Yeah. I mean, I'm, I'm kind of getting excited so this we're basically uh, almost a week out before Gen Con, and you know whenever War Cradle goes to these big cons, it's like okay, what are they going to drop? What are they going to surprise us with? You know, it, it it seems like there's always something, and I, you know, I you never know what to expect. You know, it could be like Adepticon. I didn't see Adepticon coming with Lost World, you know, Exodus, and that was a big bomb. It's just like, holy cow. So, I mean, we could hear more news about that. We could hear news about dystopian wars. Or like you just said, it could be something we don't even know about. Right. So I'm getting yeah. excited for that. Yeah, no, War Cradle's doing some good stuff. Uh, and, yeah, I think we'll probably hear something about each one of those topics. I do know that the not only is Wildwest Exodus getting their you know 1.09 card update, that's in the beta with the, you know, that should be finalized uh, by the time you hear this. Yeah. Then uh, the, the Sturgenium Lounge, oh. they got updated yeah. last with the final beta of the Dystopian War rules. And, you know, so that was going back into the shop. So anybody paid attention to what they did the same with Wallace Exodus, you know, that's, that's a pretty good time scale. Yeah. You know, we're going to probably see that game get get to, you know, get to finishing relatively quickly because w- within a month or so, they're going to polish that beta in 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 the uh, in the workshop at War Cradle. So I, I, I think that's going to be coming out, uh, not for Gen Con. Yeah, they would never have rushed it to that if uh, as long as the beta was making progress. And, yeah, yeah. That that's going to be soon, you know, and that'll be really kind of neat to see that game, you know, resurface. Uh, no pun intended, because that game has something. Uh, <laughs> yeah, I'm, I'm interested, you know, in that one. I I remember the old versions of it under Spartan, and it was one of those games that's just like, oh, there's I'm way too far behind to even try jumping into it, and with. Right. War Cradle re- releasing it. If they give it the same treatment they did with Wild West Exodus, with a you know a, a, a basically a starter set, two player set, 
to get jump in there, I, I I'm gonna definitely try it. Um, I mean I'm I'm looking forward to trying a demo uh, at at Gen Con um, when I go down there and just checking it out. I mean I've been kind of following the updates and reading it and stuff, but I think until you actually get some hands-on experience and moving some models around and chucking dice, will it really kind of come to light of, oh, this is what this game's about. Speaking of Gen Con, so Gen Con is coming up in about a week. It is August 1st through the 4th in Indianapolis, Indiana. And I'm going to go down there for just one day. Again, I can only manage one day. Work work gets in the in the way of my fun, so <laughs> I can only afford one day. Um, but something I want to I bring up is that, so at Gen Con, if you guys are going, uh, go by the booth, check it out, pick up their 2019 exclusive model that was Jadzia uh, Kakusku. How about, is, is, that's, that's got to be close. I know Stuart yeah. told us how it was once, and I... That I, was close. Yeah, that okay. Yeah, so I'm just sorry, all you Polish people. <laughs> I could get Jed Zia right, so like, I'll just stick to that. Bit. So <laughs> she's the winged Hussar captain who, I know, it's just so bad, Brian. So she's actually an exclusive model, um, and she was like a preview model that they, they unveiled back in Adepticon, and she is a preview model of Lost World Exodus that can actually go in both games so you can take her as a mercenary in the outlaws right so that that's the key about that model is it is a lost world exodus model and then when they told us about lost world exodus that you know as a reminder everybody that game will use the same rule set as wild exodus yeah so the models will have some overlap and with 1.09 card updates you will see some of your Wallace Exodus models also pick up some some of the traits needed so they would be optional leaders yeah. in Lost World Exodus posses. Uh, well, they don't call them posses. They'll be, uh, uh, gee, what do they call them? Detachments? Was that what it was? Yeah, it, yeah we Lost World Detachments, and they're led by commanders, specialists, and then troops and support. Yeah. So support is is the only unit type that would be, you know, the same named. Everything else got a little bit of tweak. So troops, their hands, right? So you can't bring hands, yeah. but you can't bring troops in Lost World Exodus. You can't bring a face, you but you could bring a specialist. Yeah. So some of the faces in Wild West Exodus are military S type characters. They have likely picked up this this new tag called specialist or commander. Yeah. Uh, so seeing some of those tweaks, how things are getting ready for lost world Exodus, uh, is, is actually kind of, kind of neat. And, yeah. Uh, yeah. And, and her, her model, uh, very similar. To some of the other exclusive models, uh, right now is only available at the show if you go, but during the weekend of that show, you can also go to their website and order it. They, they make it available during the weekend of whatever con they're at that you can order it if you are, are you know, if you're unable to attend those cons. So that, I think that's a neat feature that they do that for some people. Right. So, yeah, your 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 local stores are also able to 
uh, order them so they can sell them during that weekend. As yeah. Well. Yeah. Uh, so if, if you have a local store that, uh, you know, gets orders direct from World Cradle, they'll be able to get a, a supply for their store. But, but yeah, so Gen Con coming, we're going to probably have this, uh, this podcast ready for you guys to listen to as you drive in yeah. or fly in. You can listen to it on your way to get ready for Gen Con. And I'm pretty sure we will probably be back in the uh, in the recording studio because we're going to want to talk about the aftermath of <laughs> yeah because yeah I I mean I granted I'm only going one day but I'm going to hit it hard and I'm going to talk to a lot of people and well, another thing is the war host you know coordinator has set up uh, a really kind of a neat neat thing for Gen Con we should be seeing a ton of stuff from yeah. war hosts who are going to be at Gen Con and they will be posting pictures, videos, comments, stories, everything. We should probably see a lot more things out of this con than we have before, just by nature of how she's kind of wrapped up. Uh, like energized. She energized everybody in the in the in the community it's kind of cool to see everybody getting excited so it should be should be neat you know i think i want to say there's at least six six or seven different worlds from around the country that actually world with some of the with some of them coming from overseas yeah but and if they all are gonna they they all gonna be posting their own pictures and their own you know yeah. questions and stuff so it should be fun yes yeah, so uh, definitely keep an eye on the dark council that's where everything is going to be popping up yep so and of course our next episode we're gonna we're gonna probably dive in a little bit into uh 1.09 card update so don't yeah. miss that episode either <laughs> so yeah we got a lot we're gonna have a busy month next month i think brian <laughs> but I think with that, why don't we go ahead and get out of here, and uh, we'll wrap it up. If you guys want to get a hold of us, keep in mind you can send some questions or, or just discussion topics like we had earlier in the episode to our email at uh, com, And go ahead and check out our Facebook page, Twitter, Instagram, if you guys want to see what we're getting up to. And I have been trying to upload more videos to the youtube channel i've been trying to experiment with unboxing because i know people love unboxing and uh, i think just recently i i uploaded a just a table setup you know to help people get some ideas and stuff the responses i've been getting from it it seems like people really love it and they're getting ideas so um check that stuff out and uh we'll go ahead and get out of here listen guys when you're Shuffling up your decks of cards, uh, make sure you shuffle them up really good and make sure you get that number five on top and the number one on bottom because you don't want to see, see that one. And uh, remember to take it easy and always ride with the sun at your back. I screwed that up. And, re <laughs> and, re <laughs> and remember... Ride with the sun at your back and always roll those big crits. This is Eric saying take it easy. And hopefully I'll see some of you guys at Gen Con on Sunday. Go ahead, Brian. You want to say goodbye?
No. Uh, no. <laughs> <laughs> I'm just kidding. Yeah. Hey, thanks for listening. Please send us some comments uh, if you have any questions or if you have a topic that you guys want us to uh, jump into or definitely if there's something you want us to to mention or do a call out for you or just jibber you know, jabber about that's what we're good whatever. at <laughs> uh, we're open to suggestions we're open to comments and we really do uh, appreciate all the you know the commentary that we get from the fans out there so thanks again for listening see you next time thanks for stopping by the black hoof saloon y'all we hope you enjoyed your visit Feel free to get a hold of us with comments or questions via the interwebs and shoot us a telegraph at blackhoofsaloon at gmail.com. You can also find us on the Facebook, YouTube, Twitter, and Instagram. Music for the podcast was provided for use by Ross Bugden and can be found at one of his YouTube channels, Ross Bugden Music or Ross Bugden Composer. Until your next visit, Ride with the sun at your back and always roll those big crits. Do something where you're just going to stand there and bleed. <laughs> oh, man. I like that movie so much. I think so we much. should change. Instead of always roll them quits, crits, it says we should change it too. And don't forget. <laughs> skin that smoke wagon. Skin that smoke wagon. <laughs> Remember that. I'm like, what? Then it, then it's followed up with an equally amazing and it goes oh I didn't even see you there <laughs> run along now I think she she got that that blinded by the 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 suaveness of Doc Holiday yeah it's like oh Charlie I didn't even see you there run along now I like he's like he's like you can leave now. He's like, oh, yeah. leave the gun. It's <laughs> just like, okay. <laughs> oh, man. So we're going to make a post, right, Brian? And people... Right. So this video, when this video posts, uh, the contest uh, will, will begin. So when this episode, which is going to be episode... We're on 14. 14? Yep. So episode yeah, we're, 14. We're audio, not video. <laughs> I can cut it. <laughs> just saying. I just want to keep going. Oh, you want to correct him is what it is. Uh, of course I want to correct him. <laughs> and <you> now. <laughs> <laughs>
He's been recording the video. You just keep turning yours off. <laughs> uh, so the episode 14 that you're listening to now uh, is going to have all the, the, the description of, of what to do in the contest. So did I say video again? <laughs> yeah, I think there, there's some video for you. <laughs> It's an eyeball. <laughs> oh my god! I wish I had a picture of that. It's one or the other, one of the two. Right. So, so Bob, Bob the Builder is Bob the Rocket. Bob the Builder is your default, your go-to default. What do you mean? <laughs> Can we build it? Oh my God! You don't even know the reply to that. Ah, uh, how can you use Bob the Builder and not know the reply to? Can we fix it? Yes, we can. <laughs> <laughs> oh, see, I just said Bob and just said the first B word that I could think of afterward. Not because I was thinking of a cartoon that kids watch. Yeah. yeah. Where'd you get I, that? that? Right. <laughs> oh my gosh. You guys it's are saying, giving me so much outtake material. It's like I wouldn't bring up Handy Manny. I don't care what you're doing in your spare time with Manny, but just don't bring it up here. You guys will get a wonderful prize. How's that? That was beautiful. <laughs> I got to stop drinking coffee before we get on to record. Uh, it, it's just, I'm going through the descriptions and I'm like, <laughs> like us on Facebook, subscribe to us on YouTube, follow us on Podbean. Done. <laughs> so we should just had him do it, Brian. I'm out. <laughs> here. He was here the whole time. <laughs> it's so much more fun to be a critic than it is to be a voice actor. Oh, speaking of, uh, we need your um, your participation in the. Uh... Yeah, we need your sultry voice. Oh, the sultry sounds of my voice. <laughs> um. There. That's all I need to do. <laughs> Done. 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 Do you fun, like that one, Tom? Fun, uh, Done. That's all you do. You'd be like, I'm out. Short and sweet. <laughs> yeah, give you a mic so you can drop it. Well, don't drop your mic, actually. Yeah. It's well, expensive. Yeah. That's why I got a backup for when Xander steals my mic. <laughs>